deciding who wins the game on this call. The call on the field stands. Touchdown. After review, it has been determined that the receiver did not maintain. Quarterback's arm is going forward. That's the worst call in the history of all sports. Welcome to another bad call where the refs aren't the only ones who get it wrong. I'm your host, Justin West, and my sidekick here is a man who's never seen a ref make a call that he's agreed with. JD. Hey man, how you doing tonight? I am doing just fine. We are here on a Thursday night. It is the exact middle point of August. We are into the second week of a preseason. Don't play the starters much at all football. We're starting to see some rosters take shape. And uh, it's it's getting it's starting to get real, people. Some I don't know who, I don't know any people, but definitely people are starting to draft for their season longs. A little early, if you ask me. You gotta wait wait till those last <laughs> roster cuts are made for, for my, uh, yeah. my cheddar. But uh, there are people who are drafting, you know, for whatever reasons, they, they just don't have the time. So they're getting, it's, it's in full swing. All the... All the writers, fantasy writers, are out there putting putting the content out. You're getting the retreads of strategies, different types of strategies, and I'm just over here thinking, uh, how can I get some sucker to spend all their auction money on Le'Veon Bell? <laughs> yeah. Or Kyler Murray for that. Hey man, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be dropping some money on Kyler Murray in our uh, I'm in a super flex league, so and and it's you know rookie only, so yeah. Well, what happens when everybody drops all their money on Kyler Murray? I don't get Kyler Murray. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's the best way for me to. <laughs> is it live auction or blind auction? It is live auction. Okay. Oh, well, we'll see what happens, but I don't know. He didn't have a great outing tonight. Yeah. As much as everybody were was hyped about last his showing last week, you know, it wasn't wasn't so hot tonight. Uh, but there was there was a quite rather uh, in fitting with uh, our podcast uh, theme and name. Another bad call. There was a really egregious pass interference call in the Cincinnati Washington <laughs> game. Uh, if you get a chance to look that up on uh, Twitter or whatever, a Washington receiver coming back for the ball, leaps going for the ball, and the Cincinnati defender just basically plows through him, and the refs called offensive pass interference. <laughs> The NFL even has this new rule where they can challenge the interference call. 
they challenged the call, and the refs still held it up. So, you know, they're in mid-season form already. Yeah, we were talking a little bit before we uh, pressed that record button, and the defender never turns his head around. Like, I can totally understand the call if he at least turns his head around and makes an attempt to make a play on the ball. But he had his helmet glued to the receiver's, you know, number on the front of his jersey, so I don't really... Even if he turns his head, though, oh, the receiver's yeah. going for the ball. He's got a right to go for it. If if the uh, if the defender's momentum is going away from the play, it just doesn't make any sense. And I I hope that uh, there is some coaching and reviewing going on amongst the NFL referees to make sure that kind of play does not stand. Yeah, it, it was bad. So. It is be it is a Thursday night and we are recording so you know that I have a tasty beverage in front of me. And tonight I'm drinking a beer from this uh, this is a place I've never had a beer from before. It's Riverlands Brewing Company. Um they're out of St. Charles, Illinois. And this is called Murky Waters. It's a New England IPA really well balanced with some citra and mosaic hops and and it's it's hitting the spot right tonight so i would recommend you know me uh i have not started into my my mid-season form yet so i'm still drinking my my lovely tea (laughs) well Keeping keeping it real exciting over here you know i'm always here to bring the uh, degeneracy to it's, a, it's, a, it's our yin and yang here to the full potential so tonight we are going to talk we're, we're going through our second part of our potential breakthrough series last week we talked about quarterback on running back position and this week we will talk about the wide receivers and tight ends those pass catchers that get you all those Points per reception on DraftKings and the bonuses when they go over the 100 yards. So it'll be interesting to break down these positions. Uh, I know as I was doing some studying here, the the wide receiver position, it, it seems to be pretty deep. Although... They're the top 10, as you will. Let me let me first start and, and remind everybody what this is about. We're talking about those group of guys that finished 11 through 20 last year and what their chances of finishing up in the top 10 are in this coming year. And this is based off of DraftKings scoring for the year. Correct. So full full uh, point per reception and three-point bonus for going over 100 yards, uh, six points per touchdown, etc., etc. Um, and so to me, uh, the wide receiver position is, is kind of hard to judge. I've got my thoughts. There's probably... 
Um, there's almost a handful in that next tier that I think could break through. That doesn't mean I think they will because that top 10 is pretty pretty stout. Let's go ahead. I'll, I'll run down the top 20 for you just real quick, um, and then we'll get into some discussion. Uh, Julio, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams, Antonio Brown, Adam Thielen, Michael Thomas, Juju, Smith-Schuster, Mike Evans, Stephon Diggs. That's your top 10. And this next tier that we're going to talk about, uh, Robert Woods, Keenan Allen, Brandon Cooks, T.Y. Hilton, Odo Beckham, Amari Cooper, Tyler Boyd, Jarvis Landry, Tyler Lockett, and Kenny Galladay. So, um, I mean, I don't know. What do you think? That top ten is pretty, pretty dang strong, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I'm looking at this top ten, and you know, as we were preparing for this a little bit, trying to go through my head who's falling out of the top ten because in order for any of 11 through 20 to move up, somebody has to come out. And there's only two names on there, maybe three that I can see coming out, maybe. And, you know, those are big maybes because we're talking about there's a rather large disparity between 9 and 11 in points. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely, absolutely. so that you know, that's where it gets really difficult. But um, it, yeah, I've only got two, maybe three that can potentially fall out and, and of so, the top ten. And so, yes, just going if you go by everything is equal, and these players all play full seasons, um, then then yeah, it does become difficult now. You know some some of these guys are going to miss some games. And some of these uh, next tier guys are in maybe better situations. Um, so we'll see. Let's go ahead and start talking about it. I, I mean, who – of the top ten, I'll, I'll give you one that I think is – Maybe likely, and that that's Antonio Brown, just because his feet are already screwed up, and he's playing for the Raiders. <laughs> yeah, he was my first potential to fall out of the top ten, and for all the reasons that you just said. But also, when looking at his catch percentage, or his reception percentage, as compared to the rest of the guys in the top 10 and the guys through in that 11 to 20, he's almost in, on the lowest end of that spectrum, if not the lowest guy. So that it, it makes it interesting to see that he's there, you know, just sheer volume alone did it, but he's not going to have the same type of success that he had in Pittsburgh. So I can see him falling out. But then the question becomes who, who moves into you know, who moves into that top 10 spot. Sure. Um, one other guy that I think is potentially, I, I think it's it's hard to imagine that Adam Thielen and Stefan Diggs are both going to finish in the top 10 again. 
Um, and, this isn't good when we agree on things. And and to me, the guy that falls out is Adam Thielen. And the reason why I say that is because the reports that have been coming out uh, are that Adam Thielen is going to be playing less in the slot this year as their third receiver looks right now like it might be Chad Beebe. And, and that guy's like strictly a slot receiver. Um, not only that, the Vikings are leaning to be a more balanced or even run-heavy team this year than they were in the past. So for my money, especially, I mean, Adam Thielen had maybe like the greatest eight-week stretch of fantasy production uh, from a consistency standpoint that I can imagine to start the year last year. But he trailed off quite a bit in the second half of the season. For, and so for those reasons, that's why I, my pick to to fall out, I think Stefan Diggs is going to have a, a much bigger season than Thielen this year. So I would pick Thielen as my candidate to move out of the top ten. Yeah, I'd love to disagree with you, but I can't because he was – actually both of those, Thielen and Diggs, were my other two – or slash three picks to move out of there because again, the reasons you said, but also I think they're going to be relying a lot on Dalvin cook this year, which is just going to bring that pass game down a little bit more than what they had to last year, which automatically drops your targets and uh, targets are everything when you're talking about receivers in a uh, PPR setting. Certainly, certainly. Well, let's go ahead and uh, go through this next 10 real quick just to um, kind of move this along here. Uh, number 11 is Robert Woods. Uh, and I'm going to kind of go ahead and pair him with Brandon Cooks um, in the thir- from the 13th spot. And, and both of these guys for me were, were red, meaning that uh, I did not think that either of them would move up and that's simply because of how balanced that Rams offense is and they'll be getting um oh geez I'm blowing it already Cooper Cup they'll be getting Cooper Cup back in and so that is more um more balls to spread around um, you know, of course, they like Gurley and their new weapon, Daryl Henderson. So it's not because I think these guys are bad receivers. It's just I think that the ball is going to have to be spread around too much for either one of them to be a top 10 pick. Man, this is a bad start for us when we're agreeing this much. All, all it says to me is that you're finally coming around. I, I've been influencing you enough to to the right way of thinking so oh good lord now i need to start drinking (laughs) Uh. yeah i just don't i don't see it uh and this is one of those just you know nfl uh, trends if you will uh refresh my memory on how well 
teams do the year after going to the Super Bowl and losing? Overall, Typically, not good. Oh, overall, not good. Although, I'm I'm not sure that the Rams have even peaked at this point. But there are that there are they are in a division that should be a little bit more competitive. Um, Seattle's not a bad team. San Francisco should be getting. Better. If you say if you say healthy, we're done. Oh no, I'm not going to say healthy, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, it's just and, and you know Arizona has a little bit of hope to not be the bottom team in the NFL. So uh, I th- I don't think that the Rams will dominate as they did last year with their what 14 wins in the regular season. I think they're probably closer to 11. I still think they win that division and make the playoffs. Um, but I, like I said, that Sean McVay offense likes to spread it around and they do have so many weapons. And, and also I think that uh, the team is good. I just, um, Jared Goff, I, I don't know that he's an MVP type candidate to be able to elevate a, you know, his receivers as much. Yeah, we haven't seen him put the team on his back yet because he hasn't had to. It'll be interesting to see what happens if we ever get to that point. Um, that team lives and dies with Todd Gurley. I'm, you know, certainly, and there are a lot of big question marks with his knees and the arthritic situation he's dealing with. It remains to be seen, but they've got Malcolm Brown there, and they've got. Uh, Daryl Henderson, who, uh, from all reports, they would like to use kind of in that uh, Darren Sproles-type role. Um, so it, it, I think they're gonna, you're going to see a lot of different looks from the Rams, which, which to me, uh, no knock on any of these guys. You know, Robert Woods is just like steady Eddie, possession guy. Brandon Cooks can take the top off of any defense. But I just, like I said, you know, Cooper Cup has been Goff's favorite receiver when he's in there. So, yeah, it, it's it's hard to say that any one of those guys is going to step ahead of the others well enough to, to be a top 10 receiver. And you could, you could argue that the only reason they are as high as they are in this ranking is because Cooper Cup got hurt when he did. Exactly, exactly. So let's go ahead and move on. The the number 12 guy on the list was Keenan Allen. I'm interested to see what you have to say about Keenan Allen. No. A lot of respect for the guy, but there's too much of an injury history there, and – uh, just got reported today that he suffered an ankle injury at practice this week. Now, they're saying it's not serious, but he's not, he doesn't have the best history with these things. So I don't see him making it through all 16 games, which automatically puts you in a position where it's going to be really hard to crack that top 10. Yeah, that, that's interesting. So I'll, I'll say when I initially, you know, 
went through the, these guys and highlighted you know who I thought could be. I had him in, in in the green tier as a guy who could easily jump into the top ten. He he gets the volume. I mean, the guy had like some. What did he have a game last year with like seventeen receptions or something? Incredible. He he gets volume upon volume upon volume. Uh, Antonio Gates is the only guy that was stealing touchdowns away from him for the most part. I know they got uh, Mike Williams and. Uh, but you hear, uh, you hear the thing about his ankle and, and you hear Philip Rivers popping out today saying Travis Benjamin's never looked better. Uh, and, and really Philip Rivers is getting older and, and, you know, he's, I just don't see, I, I've I've changed my mind on Keenan Allen. I think he's a, a fine receiver. I like the guy. I think he's tough as nails, and um, he's an exciting guy to watch. But I just don't think uh, it's going to be there because I think that offense is not going to be as good as it was last year. So, and especially if Melvin Gordon holds out, that offense changes. Right, that, a lot. That, that a lot. Absolutely true. Absolutely true. So, um, let's go ahead and move on to the next guy on the list. That's T. Y. Hilton. Um, this is the another guy that I've got in in a green status who I think could be a top ten receiver. Um, he's got for the first time in a while a viable. Uh, receiver on the other side of the field from him in uh, Devin Funches. Uh, he's now here's another thing. Late the last two days, there's been reports about Andrew Luck and his uh, health status, and so uh, this would easily change for me if Andrew Luck is going to miss any time or or not be completely healthy, but. I was I was getting real excited about Luck as as a potential like breakthrough MVP candidate, and and that being a big boon to T. Y. Hilton. Uh, I mean, he just he got he's so hard to to guard, and he uh, he he makes some big plays. If if Luck is healthy, I. I do think that T.Y. Hilton could be a candidate to break into that top 10. He was 14th and he missed two games last year. So there's two big factors for me. Number one is obviously how healthy is Andrew Luck and can Andrew Luck make it through 16 games. The other side of that, I'm going to flip the coin on what you said. This is the first time where he's really had uh, viable receivers with him and the QB to match. Uh, Again, assuming luck is healthy. My problem with that is that that could potentially see his, his numbers drop. Now, his production with the numbers he gets might be higher but the total number might come down. So again, when you're talking about a PPR situation, uh, it may balance out and it may leave him in that same range that he's at 100% the potential if the cards fall to he's healthy 
in his you know he can actually match production with fewer targets but i suspect he's going to have fewer targets this year because like as you mentioned there's um uh, Devin Funches, who should he's got the physical capabilities to do it. That's never been the problem. Um, Paris Campbell's there. They've got a bevy of running backs and tight ends that they can use between uh, Doyle, Ebron, and uh, Mo Alley Cox. So th- the options are there for them to spread the ball around, which I think is going to drop his numbers. So I, I honestly think T.Y. stays right about where he's at. Okay. Okay. Well, like I said, you know, if Luck's healthy, I think that this offense actually becomes, you know, more dynamic than it was last year. And T.Y. is a big part of that just because he's facing less coverage. So, or less less double teams per se, if you got Ebron and and Funchess out there to kind of take some of that attention away. So let's go ahead and move on. The next guy I I don't I don't know that um I think it's gonna be hard to argue against Odell uh in the Cleveland offense if he's going to be healthy. Uh if he can play if he can stay healthy and play sixteen games, he's a top three, four wide receiver. We've seen it from him before. He's just dynamic. He, he gets open. He's got the best hands in the game. Um, tell me why I'm wrong. I can't. The question is going to be now that he's on a team. Well, I don't know. Cause he, there were other weapons, but I, can we agree that Baker Mayfield is a better quarterback than Eli Manning? At this I, cer- stage certainly at, okay. at this stage in the game. At, at he, this stage he, in the game, he, yeah. He's better. Yeah. So this year, 2019, or coming off of 2018 into 19, we're, we're going to say Baker Mayfield is the better QB option between him and Eli Manning. I, um, I think by – I don't even think it's close. So, so Manning, Manning had two options. Barkley or Beckham. And then the other guys kind of fell in there. That's not really the case in Cleveland. If their offense can support seven to nine targets a game, then yes, Beckham easily moves up into the top ten. If if he can support seven to nine targets a game. I don't, I don't see how you make the trade for him and don't give him that kind of volume. So, I don't, I don't disagree. I'm just throwing that out there. That it, if they do that, which they should, he should move into the top ten. So what we're talking about is players that could have the potential to go into the top ten. OBJ is certainly one of those. Absolutely. So the next guy on the list is Amari Cooper. And um, actually, for me, I actually I'm gonna let you go ahead and go first with Amari. I'm gonna say yes. Um, and it, the numbers that he put up last year, his his total numbers, when you're looking at it, you have to remember that those include what six games, five games in Oakland, six games in Oakland. So he, he really only had 10 games in Dallas. 
I think once he has a full season in Dallas, uh, assuming again that Elliott shows up to play, Prescott shows up to play, that that this offense should take a uh, a step forward, especially with a new OC uh, who's hopefully a, a little um, better than uh, who was it Lenahan they had in there before. Uh, Kellen Moore is now their offensive coordinator. Uh, I believe they're going to take a step forward and that's going to put Amari Cooper right in the conversation for your top 10. I also had Amari Cooper as a, as a guy in green who absolutely could because of what he did. Um, I think Dak really likes getting him the ball. And he's another guy though, that to me, there, there are some question marks with, you know, is Zeke Elliott going to be there for 16 games or is there going to be a holdout? Now there's some ridiculous. Did you see what Dak Prescott thought he was going to try to get from the Cowboys on a per year basis? I saw a rumor of 40 a year. Oh my God. I like Dak Prescott. I think he's a steady guy, but I don't think he's a top 10 NFL quarterback. Um, and, and to be asking for 40 is just ridiculous. You know, they, they reporters that they were offering him 30. I think, you know, don't be crazy. Take that money and run to the bank. But anyhow. Yeah. He forgets that he benefits greatly from having one of the best running backs in the game right now that takes so much pressure off of him for certain not only that like probably the best offensive line as well so yes um yeah he needs to make sure that he's not trying to bite off more than he can chew and and make it so the team can't pay other players but yeah we're getting a little off track here i agree with you amari cooper has the potential to be a top 10 guy uh, I think he's a good good choice. Now, I did read a little blurb yesterday that he was dealing with some plantar fascia pain. That scares me. <laughs> I'm going to need to see a little bit more this preseason and, and, and here to make sure that, you know, isn't a big deal because... I've dealt with that in the past, and we've seen other players deal with that plantar fascia pain, and and it, it really can hobble a player. So hopefully that's just – it was just a little soreness, and they're not – he doesn't have, like, a, a bad tearing that's going to be um, prevalent. But let's go ahead and move on to Tyler Boyd next on the list. Um, no, no, for me also. <laughs> um, I, even Ingram's not there for the whole season. No, yeah, it's just I look at uh, what team he's on, period, and I just don't think that. I think Cincinnati is going to be really bad this year. Their offensive line is already being destroyed, and you know. A.J. Green's not going to miss the whole season. So Tyler Boyd had a few big games last year. Obviously, he was a top 20 receiver without A.J. Green quite a bit. But 
I just don't see it. So we can go ahead and move on. Jarvis Landry, I also say no because of Odell Beckham. Um, and I, it, Jarvis Landry is a great little possession receiver, but uh, he gets all of, almost all of his catches within five yards of the line. Yeah, I. It's it's kind of sad to me because this guy at one point in time had the potential to be a top ten receiver, and he kind of got wasted away in Miami, and you know they just didn't use him right, and they didn't have the QB play to back it up. Now he's on a team with a QB, but he's also on a team with so much other talent around him that it makes it difficult to give him the volume that would put him in that position. So from from a DraftKings scoring standpoint, there's no way he cracks the top 10, barring injuries to the rest of his team. Certainly, certainly. Next guy on the list is Tyler Lockett. And while he is getting a lot of hype this year as the next breakout uh, receiver, I know a lot of people are touting him. I just don't see him as a top top 10 guy you know Seattle runs the ball so much and Lockett has shown some big playability but I don't think he's shown that real consistency um it's crazy that he was in the top 20 and he only had 65 targets last year it, yeah his reception rate or his TD per reception rate, it, it, it's out of control. He was, he was catching a touchdown with like every five or six passes. I mean, there's no way that you maintain that rate. And I, Seattle's going to have to pass more this year. Um, but <laughs> I, I, I'm looking at his his numbers, and the fact that he's in the top 20 is just absurd. I know. I know. It's, it's absurd because his, his points – or his uh, catch rate is just out of control, like small, or not his catch rate small, but his n- number of catches is so small compared to everybody else in the top 20. But he he finished in the top 10 in touchdowns, I think, for receivers. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. So uh, the last guy on the list is Kenny Galladay, and I would like to uh, hear what you got to say about this guy. Uh, Babytron? Yes. I think he 100% has the potential to move up into the top 10 if Matthew Stafford is healthy. Uh, This guy can ball, and he's really fun to watch, and I'm only slightly biased because I may or may not have him on a dynasty team. But... (laughs) I mean, this is I, a, this is it's there. actually funny how much you and I are agreeing tonight. Uh, so I put Kenny Galladay as a yellow on my list. He's the only guy I put as a yellow. Uh, do I absolutely think that he's got what he takes to be top ten? Absolutely, definitely, definitely. Last year he was on the bad side of variance uh, when it comes to touchdowns. And, uh, I mean, he had five, but he should have had 12. You know, he, he was so close on so many opportunities. He did miss one game last year. And uh, I've, I was 
a huge Calvin Johnson fan, one of my favorite receivers ever. And and this guy is kind of, you know, they call him Baby Tron. He's kind of in that same mold, same team even. So um, I, th- I think that he definitely has that potential. I, the competition is so stiff, and I, I'm, I'm not quite sure what's going on with Detroit, but uh, with uh, Matt Patricia, that, he's a coach there, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's what I'm told. Yes. Yeah, so I, I, I'm not sure what's going on. I don't think they're uh, a top half of their division type team, but that doesn't necessarily have to be the case. Just to you know, if if, if the one guy leads the offense pretty well, he he could make the top ten. So that's that's uh, that kind of wraps up the receivers. There, there's a lot of. Uh, there, there's a lot of talent in the receiver pool, and it, it goes pretty deep if you start looking down the list even past uh, the top 30, even the top 50. There's quite a bit if you're looking for some depth on your season-long fantasy teams. It, it's, uh, it's actually pretty neat. So let's go ahead and move on to tight end. And I don't think we're going to need to spend quite as much time on a, this kind of a position. There's like, there's a clear top three, and then it starts to get real questionable. <laughs> so, um, top 10 last year was Kelsey Ertz, Kittle, Ebron, Cook, Hooper, Rudolph Burton, Njoku, and rounded out with Gronk. And then the next 10. Was Vance McDonald, Jimmy Graham, Evan Ingram, Jordan Reed, O.J. Howard, Chris Herndon, Mark Andrews, C.J. You took all of J.D.'s money in DraftKings. <laughs> Cameron Braid and Dallas Goddard. Screw <laughs> mm, <it's great>. uh, <laughs> Am I wrong? No, it was it was always whether it was going to be Njoku or Uzama. Yeah, yeah. So here's here's something we know for sure. There is a spot open because Gronk has retired. So there's definitely a yeah. spot open in the top ten, but I think there's a lot of potential for other other tight ends to move up there. It's just will any of these guys make that step? Uh, I'm uh, there's a few, but I don't I don't know. If there's many, so let's go ahead and we won't we won't spend too much time on these guys. But uh, Vance McDonald, to me, he was number eleven. I think he's, I, I'd say he's he's better than seventy percent to make it into the top ten this year. Yes, there are a lot of targets that have been vacated in Pittsburgh. And uh, they already showed that they're okay using McDonald, and that he's got that he's got that Steeler mentality of "give me the ball, I'm gonna run somebody over" type of player. Uh, he should 100% move up into the top ten. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, next guy on the list, Jimmy Graham. Uh, to me, he's pretty well done for. 
he just doesn't seem to have w- what it takes anymore. Um, and I, I, I don't really see him becoming a huge part of that Green Bay offense. Yeah, I don't know what to expect from this offense. Um, I, I question how much of their poor tight end usage was McCarthy's not knowing how to call plays in today's NFL. Uh, that being said, the odds of Graham moving up into the top 10 are small. Yeah. Based, I'm looking at these, I mean, just the top 20. I don't, I don't see him moving up. No, I would, I would, I would expect him to be down closer to 20 this year if I'm placing a little wager on it. But, um, next, next on the list is Evan Ingram. And uh, he finished in 13th despite only playing 11 games last year. Yeah, this guy is 100% going to the top 10 if he plays all season. I, I, I agree wholeheartedly. Um, <laughs> they've got a couple of possession receivers, but we, we, see, we saw this guy make a, make a few big plays, and he's flashed some of that brilliance there. And a tight end tends to be a position that um, quarterbacks can lean on when when they're either faced with pressure or just not confident in waiting on receivers to get open. So I, I see that this could be a breakout year for Ingram, and I wouldn't be surprised to see him up there in that four or five range. Oh yeah. He, he could easily go top five because there's room for at least two of those top five to fall out. For sure. For sure. And, uh, so the next guy on the list, Jordan Reed, uh, to me, Jordan Reed has for the long, for a long time, been one of those guys that, really could and, and um, should be up there towards the top if he could stay healthy. The question is, this guy just, I don't know that he's made it through a full NFL season. So, got all the talent in the world. Yeah, I don't foresee him moving, moving up. I mean, it's overall not just his health, but that team is just – not going to be able to support it. Definitely. And I think we're, we're now we're getting, uh, there's one more guy here in this, um, in this list that, uh, we're set. We're definitely going to see there. There's a drop off after this, but OJ Howard. So tell me, tell me your thoughts on Howard. All things are set up to where he should have a monster season. This guy should be a top 10, possibly a top five candidate. Yeah, I, I really like his ability. He's super fast for tight end. Uh, that offense there looks like they're poised to take off. Uh, and, um, and the defense is almost... Uh, equally kind of crappy which means they're gonna they could be in a lot of shootouts so 
if, if Howard can stay healthy, I, I definitely think that he's a candidate to move on up. Yeah, the the nice thing is that he's on a team where uh, they're probably going to want to play fast. They're going to want to fill the air with balls. They're going to have to, as you mentioned, because the defense isn't very good. And they also have two receivers on that team that are going to have to get attention. And you can only, you know, you've only got so many defenders, so you're really going to have to pick how you handle, uh, you know, who are you going to get beat with, Mike Evans, Godwin, or Howard. So the the potentials there easily. And, I mean, he's sitting in the 15th, and he only played 10 games. For sure. So uh, next on the list we have – Chris Herndon. Who is suspended for the first four weeks of the season. Exactly. Which might be the only reason I would say he has no chance to move into the top ten. Uh, a lot of people are excited about his ability and and what he's going to mean to that Jets offense. But, yeah, already knowingly missing a quarter of the season – I, I just you know it, it's not going to happen for him. Yeah, from a from a dynasty standpoint or a season long, you're going to want this guy on your on your team if he's available. Uh, something's going on in your league, and you need to get him. But um, just be prepared that for the first four weeks you're really going to eat it, and maybe the maybe the first six weeks as he gets back used to playing with a team that now actually is probably going to run through Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, definitely. Um, now you got uh, Mark Andrews on the list from Baltimore. Uh, to me, this guy, I'm I just don't see any pass catchers in Baltimore being you know that all that viable for a top 10 position and and that's because not that i think that lamar jackson is is a bad fantasy option but i think that all of his appeal in fantasy comes through his legs we saw that uh, they did not pass the ball very much at all last year um once he became the starter and and so that that makes it difficult to support a receiver or a tight end in in a top scoring position. Yeah, th- there's just not enough passing on that team to make it to where he moves up into the top ten. Okay, and um, I think C.J. Uzoma kind of fits in the same boat as yeah, uh, forget that guy, Tyler Perry, <laughs> or wait, Tyler Boyd. <laughs> um, yeah, and 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 he's he's done costing J.D. money until J.D. decides to week play, two, play week two, <laughs> week of DFS. Well, you know, Tyler Eifert gets hurt. Yeah, week two, uh, and. Uh, Next on the list is Cam Brait, another Tampa tight end. Um, and clearly he's not the number one option. He's, he's not – it's not that he doesn't have talent. It's just that there's the, 
the Tampa Bay offense is not going to be the New England offense that that supported Gronk and Aaron Hernandez. So, yeah, in I mean, keep in mind he he snuck into the top twenty because he he played all, all the sixteen games, and the other tight end on Tampa was out for six of them. Correct, correct. And the last guy on the list, Dallas Goddard. Uh, like the guy, I think he's got a tremendous amount of talent, but the other tight end on his team had a one whopping 154 targets last year. <laughs> yeah, I don't see him moving up into the top 10. I will say I expect him to move up about five or six spots, but I don't expect him to finish in the top 10. Yeah, it's I I I like Goddard's uh, talent. He just kind of falls into that Trey Burton category when he was in Philadelphia, of of you know the the guy ahead of you is gonna get way more opportunity. So, um, and speaking of Trey Burton, uh, the, that bottom half there of the top ten, I think any of these guys could fall out uh i expect eric ebron to fall out i don't want it to happen but i expect it to i expect kyle rudolph to fall out trey burton to fall out and joku to fall out and as long as he stays retired gronkowski to fall out (laughs) i will even go as far as to say this that I will not be surprised if Ertz does not finish in the top five this season. Well, that's interesting because uh, I I don't know who's going to move up around those top three guys. I think the volume and their the, the all three of those guys are. Crutches, maybe, if you will, for their quarterbacks. And I just, I can't really see. Um, what else, you know? You know, you look at the targets and receptions. Kelsey with 139, uh, 103 catches on 139 targets. Ertz. 116 receptions on 154 targets and Kittle 88 receptions on 128 targets. I mean, most of these other guys are like a good 20, 30, 40 targets behind. And when you don't get the, um, when you don't get the same, kind of volume and opportunity it's going to be hard to catch up with that and that's exactly why i will not be surprised if Ertz falls out of the top five because i don't think he's gonna have as many targets this season it's it's my bold prediction of the episode for you this is called another bad call so i'm going to put that one out there is that i don't think Ertz finishes in the top five this year All right, well, we're finally back to a little bit of balance here because I think that you are crazy, and 
Um, well, we know I'm crazy. <laughs> I don't know, but that's that's pretty that's pretty wild. And uh, I'll give it to you. You got a little bit of stones, even though, well, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Where's that rim yeah. shot? <laughs> yeah, just remember payback's a bitch. Uh, well, yes, yes, it is. So, with that being said, that will wrap up our series on the potential breakthroughs. Uh, we'd be really uh, happy to hear what you have to say about uh, um, our fine analysis here that we've been spewing uh tell us tell us what you think we got right and what we what you think we got wrong um jd why don't you tell people where they can find you yeah if you want to tell me how crazy i am for saying Ertz won't finish in the top five of tight ends in DraftKings scoring uh you can find me on instagram and uh twitter at jd west 22 and you folks can find me on Twitter at Justin M. West, on Instagram, JMW1977. And you can find our show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Another Bad Call, or email us, Another Bad Call at gmail.com. Uh, we got a lot more content coming to you throughout this preseason and throughout the year, so we. We hope that you will spread the word and uh, help us grow that listener base. We appreciate all of you who do take the time to download and listen and hope that we can keep you guys entertained. For JD, I'm Justin. Keep on listening so we can help you avoid making another bad call.